Or if you have your Bibles, turn to James chapter 1. Let me clarify the statement about the chocolate syrup. Miss um, Leslie was the team captain for the girls, and they tarred and feathered her uh, after the service, and the boys are still rejoicing that they won, and uh, they had a great time. They raised probably over $800 for uh, Camp Rhino. Uh, that's a blessing. Uh, all the offerings went to help establish a youth camp, like these youth are going to Sand Mountain this week. Uh, they don't have youth camps in uh, um, South Africa, and if you know the particular situation these kids live in, some of them with uh, five or six uncles in the same house and uh, relatives, uh, they live in horrible situations in those one-room shanties in South Africa. And if they can get to a camp and have a break from all that stuff, and have love and laughter and fun and Good food, of course. Um, it's a real blessing. And the young people and adults, I'm sure, had a big part in that this week. And I know Brother Mark appreciates that. He had to drive to Louisiana sick yesterday. And uh, that's a long nine-hour trip. That's the life of a missionary. I mean, that's the life of a missionary. And I appreciate my son-in-law and daughter in this great adventure on Camp Rhino. So that's what it was for. Uh, all that syrup and feathers and all that stuff. Uh, it was in the name of fun. And a lot of people said, well, I wouldn't do that. Well, we didn't ask you to do it. <laughs> we asked her to do it, amen? She might never come back, but she did it, praise God, no. And um, it was a lot of fun, a lot of blessings, and I appreciate so much the young people giving so much money. I think, it's, I think it was over $800, and that wasn't the total, and I appreciate that so much. It's good to see Brother Hayward Miss Judy with us. Didn't recognize you. So I ran into you, amen, and uh, we've been praying for you, brother, and uh, God, and praying for Miss Judy, too, because when a loved one's sick, it's hard on them, and you know, God is faithful, God is faithful, that was a beautiful song, amen, I mean, that was a beautiful, beautiful song, and it was a beautiful way that it was done, and I appreciate you, choir, for uh, singing such a song like that, because God has and will, and will always be faithful, we might not be, but He will be. Don't you love him this morning? I thank God he saved me as a 11 and a half year old son of a drunk didn't have anything to offer God. He came to me when I wasn't looking for him. Saved my soul. I'm glad on a Thursday morning, that's when we got this idea that my little 10 year old, she's not 10 years old anymore, uh, my wife got saved as a 10 year old in vacation Bible school because her preacher, her preacher preached on Thursday morning. They had, they had services on, they had vacation Bible schools on morning back in the old days. You know why? Because all the women didn't work. And we had some workers. Man, if we did it, it'd be, a, it'd be, it'd be sad uh, if we had just a, a morning session. But we had a great time and a great, great results. And that's people being saved. Now the work is follow up. All right, if you have your Bibles, James chapter 1. Yes, uh, last Sunday morning I preached on why Christians have trouble, and I believe that goes right along with uh, what happened with the uh, bus accident and some of the tragedies that's happened in your life, is that God always works it for the conforming to His image, sometimes chastening, sometimes for the changes for the glory of God, sometimes for conditioning, to make you a blessing, because you go through something and you get comfort, you can help others that are going through the same thing later on. It's uh, digging wells in the valley of Baca. It's when it never rains there, but praise God, sometimes it does. There'll be a well when somebody goes behind you. But it's always, trouble is always to make us more like Jesus. Can somebody say amen? 
Romans 8, 28, and 29. That's what we learned yes, last Sunday morning. And then Sunday night we preached on how to pray that we don't waste trouble. And so I had a good time preaching on praying for wisdom. Wisdom is not wasting what God has for you. The children of Israel knew the acts of God, but they didn't know the ways of God. There's a big difference there. And folks, I thank God that we can know the ways of God. Not that we can trace Him, but we can trust Him and realize that God's got a way that's far above our way. There's things we don't understand, we can't explain. God puts us through it, allows us to go through it. And then we can grow thereby and have wisdom not to waste our trouble. You know, it'd be sad, brother, if we went through a bunch of junk and didn't learn anything from it. Say amen. I mean, I've been through a lot of stuff. Uh, and uh, God's helped me during that stuff probably more than when everything was hunky-dory and I was on the mountaintop. It seems like God's voice is a little louder in the valley. Say amen. That God, hey, prayer's a little more precious. I don't know why it's that way. I guess because we ain't listening like we should. Say amen. But that's verses 1 through 6. The, this morning I want to preach uh, uh, through verse 12. And we're preaching verse by verse, Sunday morning, Sunday night, through this great book on being mature. Or walking the walk and not just talking the talk. Let's stay in awe of the Word of God. I feel impressed to read all 12 verses. We'll back up to verse 1, okay? Chapter 1 of the book of James. Good to have some visitors back with us. You're not seeing double. This, those are twins. Praise God. Amen. That's uh, wonderful. Praise the Lord. Good to have all our visitors. Good to see Brother Ryan. He's still on vacation, but I can tell right now he wish he was home. <laughs> That's the way a preacher is, man. He can't enjoy nothing. But we just got to be where we're preaching. And amen. You're in a, it's a timely visit, brother, because I got a computer I need to be set up. Okay, no. Uh, <clears throat> James chapter 1. Uh, we still got Brother Cody. Brother Cody, can you still type? Okay, praise God. He ripped his finger uh, taking out the garbage. I don't know who broke the jar, but uh, go apologize to Brother Cody. But, uh, uh, okay, oh, he broke it. Okay, good. All right, uh, but uh, he was in the emergency room at 12 o'clock Friday night. That's the kind of service we have around here. Amen? And I appreciate him so very much with, this, with the media ministry. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Half-brother Jesus called himself the servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. I love it. To the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. They're under great persecution. My brethren, count it all joy when, thou fall, when ye fall into divers temptation. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh what? Patience. And here was the message titled last Sunday morning. But let patience have her perfect work. That you may be perfect and entire and wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth all men liberally and upbraideth not. I'm glad he don't fuss at us when we ask for wisdom. And it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man thinketh he receive anything of the Lord. In other words, if you're two-faced... He won't answer your prayers. Amen. That's pretty plain. <clears throat> Verse 8. Y'all with me now? A double-manded mind is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that, in that, he, that he is exalted, but the, rich, but the rich in that he is made low, because as the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. 
For the sun is no sooner risen from the burning heat, but it withereth, withereth the grass, <clears throat> and the flower thereof falleth. And the grass of the, <clears throat> excuse me, and the grace of the, the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. And here's a great verse. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. <clears throat> For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to them that love Him. How many love the Lord? Say amen. amen. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank You for the good song service, especially that choir special, and Lord, the special of Brother um, Travis and Miss Leslie. What a blessing to be sheltered in Your arms and to realize they're faithful arms and You'll never, never fail us. Thank You, dear God, for Your patience with us because we failed You many times. And God, I'm so sorry I have. And Lord, I want to be more faithful. I want God just, uh, I don't want to retire, I want to refire. And I want to be more faithful in my last days than ever before. So Lord, give us grace to be faithful when it's not easy. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, uh, Thursday I was preparing my heart to preach. And somebody called me and said, did you hear about the uh, bus accident? I said, oh my it's not one of our buses, is it? Because they hadn't left yet. I didn't think it was. I thought it might have been last night. They just got up the nerve to tell me. But um, they told me about the little girl that perished over on Camp Creek uh, Drive, about two miles from the destination of the airport. They were going to get on the plane and go to Africa uh, and, uh, and have vacation Bible school. And I thought to myself, this is no accident for me and for our church to find this out right before I preach in Vacation Bible School. And I didn't mean to scare any of the kids, but I told them <clears throat> that God sets up amazing situations to get our attention. And we ought to be thankful for every day of our life, every breath that we draw, every thought, every step. That was my message on God sets up an amazing situation. I preached on the thief on the cross on the right side and the thief on the on the left side, one was railing and all, all uh, uh, extreme and upset about the nasty now and now. But here was a man that was thinking about eternity. And he turned to the Lord and he got saved. Now folks, that's an amazing situation that you're being executed for your crime and you happen to be executed next to Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. That's wonderful that God sets up amazing situations. I believe God set up amazing situations for each child to come in here. For you, Bailey, to be here last Sunday night and get saved. I believe that's an amazing situation when God brings people under the sound of the gospel and the gospel sounds to their heart and they get born again. That's amazing. And then it's amazing supplication. He didn't know much to pray, but praise God, he knew he feared God. And he knew he was a savior. He knew he saved others. And he knew he'd done nothing amiss. And he prayed, Lord, I, I, I indeed deserve the due reward of my sin. He said, I'm a sinner, and I'm sorry, and I fall short of the glory of God. And I want to tell you something, friend, that's all you need to know to be saved. You need to know He's the Savior. You can't save yourself. He saved others. He's not prejudiced. He'll save you if you admit you're a sinner and realize you cannot get off that cross and be baptized. You cannot join the church. You cannot work for your salvation. But the work in the middle was enough. Say amen. It's Calvary that's enough. It's the grace of God that's enough. So it's amazing supplication. And then it's an amazing salvation because he said, 
today. Verily I say unto thee. It's, pre, it's personal. And he said, today, thank God, ye shall be with me in paradise. It's glorious. And folks, listen, it's all by grace and it's all centered in Christ. Now that's salvation. That was a simple message I preached in 10 minutes Thursday night. But I want to tell you something. All I did was plant another seed because these teachers had already taught all week on Jesus and David. And folks, I just got the chance just to give the invitation. And so let me ask you a question. If you died today, you know you go to heaven? And before you get to heaven, do you have the heavenly peace and joy of no matter what happens, that you can still rejoice in the Lord and that you can receive a crown one day to lay at His feet because you've been faithful? That's what I'm going to preach on this morning. Whether you're rich or poor. How many are rich? Raise your hand. That ought to be every one of us now saved. Amen. You're rich. You thought, I thought you meant my bank account. No, I'm talking about your heart account. Come on, say amen. There's a lot of people that are so uh, rich they can't pay attention. Say amen. The rich is getting the way. And then some people are so poor, they're bitter. And folks, this is what James deals with right here. Rich or poor, the ground at the foot of the cross is level. And you must be born again. Can somebody say amen? Hey, listen, I'm glad God's not prejudiced. I'm glad He don't have classism in the church. Folks, everybody's important and everybody's precious because He died for everyone. For God so loved the what? World that He gave His only begotten Son. Now, folks, I'll tell you what, only one life, so soon it will pass. Choir, I want you to sing that at my funeral. Just because I had a birthday yesterday don't mean I'm packing up getting ready to go. <laughs> but every day, we get a little closer. And I hope I live to be 105 because I really love hanging around here. I won't pastor that long, I promise you. But I want you to, I want you to know this. That folks, only one life will soon pass. Only what's done for Christ will last. So give to Jesus all your days, for it's the only life that pays when you recall you have but one life. <clears throat> Folks, we don't have a second time at this. And Folks, life is brief at the longest. Can somebody say amen that's getting older than me? Amen. I, somebody said, when you get 30, time will fly. Praise God, was they right about that, amen? I mean, we were just having Christmas just a couple weeks ago, wasn't we? This life is flying, and when you get older, it really flies. And then all of a sudden, you look at your babies, and they're 34 years old, and um, uh, trying to beat you at golf on your birthday. Hallelujah. He didn't do it because he hadn't played in 15 years. But anyway, I'm just saying, listen to me. Folks, life is brief. Look at James 4.14. It says, Whereas ye know not what shall be on tomorrow." For what is, what is your life? It's even a vapor that appeared for a little while and vanishes away. In the old days, days we used to have uh, tea kettles and the steam would come out and then it would vanish. And folks, I want to tell you something. Folks, life is like a vanishing vapor. And folks, we need to redeem the time and you don't need to stop. You need to stop putting off being saved because the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I believe everybody in hell said, well, maybe one day I would have got saved. Or I intended to be saved. Don't intend. Go ahead and attend and get saved. Life's too valuable to spend. Can somebody say amen? You must invest it. You must invest it in three things. 
Number one, in eternity. Let me say this, friend. 10,000 years from now, it won't matter how much money you made. It's like the family that gathered at the lawyer's office and, and they were all excited because he was going to read the will of daddy. And he, he opened up the will and he started reading and he said, being of sound mind, I spent it all. <laughs> Amen. So being of sound mind, children, I'm going to spend it all. No, not really. Folks, you can't take it with you. I preached all, I preached all, all these years here, 39 and a half years, I preached on I've never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse yet. And then Rick personally messed up that illustration because on his funeral, he had his son get a pickup truck with a U-Haul and follow the hearse. And I believe old Rick was smiling from heaven saying, I got Brother Wayne now. And I was in South Africa, Brother Hayward couldn't even attend the funeral, but I saw it on Channel 12. <laughs> they put it on Channel 12. Here he is, a U-Haul. Folks, you, you can't take it with you. How much are you going to leave behind everything? Say amen. So you might as well enjoy it now, say amen, and leave a little to the kids and plan ahead. But folks, only one life. It's too valuable to spend for this nasty now and now. You must invest your life for eternity. I'm going to tell you something. My retirement program is out of this world. <laughs> Amen. I'm telling you what. And then number two, you ought to live. Life's too valuable to spend. You need to invest it in the furtherance of the gospel. The furtherance of the gospel. That's what I'm going to preach on a little bit this morning. But I want to tell you something. Everything ought to fall out, not fall apart, for the furtherance of the gospel. That's found in Philippians 1.12. I'm going to tell you what, friend, everything that happens in your life ought to magnify the death, the burial, and praise God, the resurrection and the ascension and the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Say amen. Furtherance of the gospel. Somebody ought to get saved by seeing you not recant during your trouble. That's what verse 1 through 5 is about. Somebody ought to get saved because of the wisdom you prayed for not to waste your trouble. Somebody gets saved because you don't get bitter, but you get closer to God during trouble. Say amen. Folks, somebody ought to get saved because you're the best Christian that somebody knows. So we ought to live it. We ought to walk it. That's what this whole book's about in James, is that we ought to walk the wall and not just talk the talk, summarized in verse 21 of chapter 1, or 20. Verse 22 of chapter 1, And be ye doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Tonight I'll be preaching on deceiving yourselves. And also, folks, about people that will not assume responsibility for anything. Fat kids' parents suing McDonald's. Now what in the world? Chain smokers suing the tobacco company. What? It's not that. We have a free will. LSD. Lust, sin, death. That'll be tonight. But I want to tell you something, friend. We need to assume responsibility for one thing. God's given us a life. And that life ought to count for God. It ought to be lived for His glory. And if it's not, it's bad stewardship. Somebody say amen. We're just not living our life for the intended purpose. God has blessed you with breath. God has blessed you with health. God has blessed you with a heart that pumps. And it's... And it might pump 66 years, but it's not guaranteed forever. 
Say amen. And friend, I want to tell you something. The goodness of God ought to draw man to repentance. The goodness, not just the wrath of God and the danger of hell. That's why I got saved. I didn't want to go to hell. You say, well, that using Jesus as a fire escape. Call it anything you want to. I didn't want to go to hell. I got saved and I'm going to heaven. Say amen. But I want to tell you this, friend. If there was no hell to miss and no heaven to uh, be blessed by, I'd love, I love just being here on this earth having prayers answered, peace, joy, love, purpose. And it don't take money to be happy. Say amen. Now, I'm not against being rich. As long as y'all tithe. No, not really. Somebody said, you against the lottery? I said, well, he's, uh, he's, I said, yeah, I'm against gambling. I think you ought to work, praise God. Go in there to buy a gallon of milk. I have to wait five minutes because somebody's doing lucky seven, lucky four, lucky five. Ain't nothing lucky about it. Praise God. Glad you can pay at the pump. But I'll tell you this, friend. If you do win the lottery, don't tell anybody, just tithe. No, I'm not kidding. I'm only, kid, I'm only kidding. Some of y'all are looking at me you know, real pious. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But I want to tell you something, friend. Most people that win the lottery are miserable because money can't buy happiness. Say amen. Study their lives. You can't buy marriage. I mean, you can buy a marriage, I guess. Mail order bride. Ship them in from Ethiopia. I don't know where you're going to get them. Maybe you get on the internet, Brother John, find one. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> but I want to say this. I don't know what these comments are, but I can't hear them. You can't buy love. Say amen. Look at, ver look at verse 12. It says, line, uh, Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he exalted, but the rich in that he is made low. Because as the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. That's where we get the word, he passed. Passed away. And we're all going to do that unless the rapture takes place. Folks, life's too valuable to, to just spend. Eat, drink, and be merry. And then it's over and you die and lose it all. Life's too short not to further the gospel. Further the gospel. I mean, let your life be a platform and a drawbridge to Jesus, to the King. And then last but not least, your life should be invested in the glory of God. The glory of God. You know what's wrong with this world today? Too many people live for their own glory. Pride's a bad sin. Amen? It got the devil kicked out of heaven. It got Eve and Adam kicked out of paradise. And folks, I want to tell you, they're running from God because of P-R-I-D-E, pride. Pride is a sin that the Bible says God hates above all sins. Pride. And folks, I want to tell you something. We shouldn't live for ourselves. We ought to live for the Savior. We ought to live for the one who sustains us. In adult class in vacation Bible school, we ought to live for the one that created us and sustains us. And so, folks, we preached last Sunday about passing the test, enduring the trials, having wisdom not to waste your life. And then he goes into uh, a, a, the, the biggest test, I believe, is, is a man's character sometimes measured by this. How do you handle material blessings? You know, some people are so blessed, they're, they're ignorant on who blessed them. 
Abraham Lincoln said this in 1864. Maybe it was 1964. No, it was 18. He said that we need to proclaim a day of prayer and fasting in America once a year. I like that, don't you? It's called the day of prayer. He says, because we Americans have been intoxicated by our own success and we pulled ourselves up by our own bootstraps. It's only the omnipotent, omnipresent, all-powerful God, the omniscient, all-knowing God that's allowed us to be the nation we are. Amen, Abe. I like it. Don't you? Folks, we have been intoxicated by our own self. And if you think you can sustain one minute of your life on your own, you got another thought coming. If you think for a second you don't need God, then the Bible says a fool says there is no God. And I believe it's foolish to live without the hand of God and the, uh, the blessing of God upon your life and realizing that God has been faithful and that He'll use even tribulation and trials to have a perfect work in your life of being entire. Fulfilled, wanting nothing, and perfect. And that perfect don't mean perfect like sinless, but it means that you are mature enough to bring forth fruit. Uh, the maturity of an acorn is an oak tree. Amen? As I said last week, if you ever get discouraged, look at an oak tree and say, a nut, a, a nut brought that about. Amen? But God brought it about. God allowed the acorn to fall to the ground and, and die in the soil and reproduce a tree. Isn't that wonderful? And what we need to do is die to self. And folks, money can't buy happiness and money can't buy peace. See, that's what this is saying. How many found that to be true, amen? Some of y'all are just so rich, but you're still not happy. Some people are so poor, they're bitter. Folks, life is fragile. That's the reason we should not live for material gain. or live. And folks, listen, money is not evil. It's the love of it. It's the root of all evil. That's what the Bible says. It's all right to have money as long as money don't have you. Say amen. It's all right to have things as long as things don't have you. And it's all right to have things as long as things don't come before God. Because God gave you those things, like every breath, every heartbeat, every thought. Life's fragile, he's saying in verse 10. But the rich, in that he is made low, because the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. And so life is fragile. Do you realize one blood clot called an aneurysm to the brain will take you out? My neighbor that I witnessed to years and years and years never got him to come in this church one time. He came all the way to the door and brought his family in for the drama. Had an aneurysm in his stomach, between his stomach and his heart, I believe. And he bled out before he got to Hamilton Medical Center. And I didn't get to witness to him one more time. And he was a sweet neighbor and a friendly neighbor, but he was lost. Life is fading. So soon it will pass. And life is for the glory of God. Sacred trust. Money's not an evil. It's estimated though that 80% of all divorces are related to money management. It's not to death do we part, it's to debt do we part. Doesn't it bring stress with it? Say amen. 
But I want to give you three words real quick, or three thoughts, just real quick. In verse 9, I want you to see exaltation. It says, let all the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. You know, faith lifts. You know what I like? Some old backwoods person like myself, not very educated, didn't have a real uh, great childhood, to say the least. Faith has elevated me. So who do you think you are? I'm a child of the king. Amen. I'm, I'm a royal descendant. I'm a joint heir with Jesus. And I'm going to heaven. How about you? You can't beat that with a stick. I was thinking yesterday, I got a little depressed over my age. Because I can't believe I'm as old as I am. Because I don't act it. And I pray to God I don't look it. And if I do, praise God, why did I lose these 22 pounds lately? It ain't worth it. I'm just doing it for my feet, praise God. And I exercise every day. You know why I exercise every day? So I can eat more. <laughs> Amen. Come on now. It's logical. Burn a calorie, eat a calorie. Hallelujah. Let's get balanced here. The balanced Christian life. But folks, I want to tell you something. It's pretty good to be saved. Pretty good position. I'm not saying we ought to be holier than thou and look down on people that are not. But we ought to look up to God and say, God, it's all by your grace and I wasn't nothing when you found me and praise God, you've made me your child and I want to be a good one. A good one. I got some good children. I was looking at them yesterday. My little daughter, uh, Amy, she's almost in tears because she couldn't be in my birthday party. I said, honey, I know where you're at. He said, yeah, we're in the middle of Louisiana. I don't know where we're at, Daddy. I miss you. I love you. Wish me a happy birthday. On the trail of raising more money for that camp. Praise God. It's wonderful. But folks, in Christ, you're rich. Amen. Say amen. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Real quick. I might, I might preach the rest of this tonight. Amen. All God's people that are hungry said, Amen, do it, do it, do it. Look at this, Ephesians 1, 3. The Bible says, Blessed, there's that word, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. How? In Christ. Only blessing worth having is in Christ. The only blessing that will last is in Christ. Hey, look at Ephesians 3, 8 while you're in the neighborhood. Ephesians 3, 8 real quick. The Bible says this, Unto me, unto me who am the least than the least of all saints. That's the way Paul looked at himself. He killed Christians for being Christians. That's pretty doggone low. Say amen. And he said this. It says, is this grace given? He said, I'm the least of the least of all saints. Is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles? Here it is now. The unsearchable riches of Christ. You know what he's saying? It's beyond description. It's unsearchable. You can't find it in any source in this earth. Contentment, peace, joy, purpose. And it's all because of Jesus. The Bible says in Romans 8, 16, we're joint heirs with Jesus. Praise God, friend. Listen, you've inherited something. You didn't obtain something. You inherited something because you're a joint heir with Jesus. And He'll give you things money cannot buy and they'll last forever. But how was this possible? 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. 
Here's how it became possible. Oh, I'm telling you folks, there's some exalt, exaltation when you get saved. God, by faith, lifts you up to a higher ground. Amen. You're saved, saved, saved. You're on the way to heaven. You're a child of the King. You can pray our Father which art in heaven for the first time because He is your Father. You is, you are, you is. You are His Son. I'm preaching now, praise God, if I start preaching like that. You're His Son. And folks, a son or daughter of the king has it pretty good. Say amen. You sitting there look, feeling sorry for yourself because you've been through so what you've been through. I'm going to tell you something. That's a test of your faith. And God loves you to pass the test. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. That's where I was going. It says, for we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though He was rich, He owns it all. He created it all. Say amen, adult class, VBS. He created it all. They can't even number the stars He created. It says, but yet for your sake, He became what? Poor. That ye through His poverty might be what? Rich. Folks, I want to tell you something. Jesus took your hell for you on the cross of Calvary. Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe, page 125. Jesus paid the debt you could never pay. The debt of being a sinner. And Folks, I want to tell you something. That ought to bring allegiance to the Lamb. It ought to bring loyalty to the Savior. It ought to bring some appreciation that God found you dead in your sins and trespasses. And He quickened you into life. You pass from death unto life. And praise God, for by the grace of God and, and through faith, you're saved. Saved. And you now, verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 2, have become His workmanship. That's what James is about. Live it. Walk it. Practice it. Have your prayers answered. Christ has made you a child of the King. Verse 10, I see not only exaltation, I see humiliation. In verse 10 it says, But the rich, in that he is made low, because of the flower of the grass he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen from the burning heat, but it withereth, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perish, so that, so also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. Folks, I want to tell you something. A rich person must become humble to be saved. But a poor person needs to be humble to be saved. What is that humility? I can't do it myself. See, there's a difference in our religion and those up the street, the Mormons and the Jehovah Witnesses. Theirs is do, 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 do. Ours is done, done, done. <laughs> Amen. Theirs is work, 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 work to get a heavenly attainment. Even the Islamic mosque of their work, work, work to, to do all this stuff. And some of it's not so good on the radical Islamic terrorist side. And I hope that doesn't offend you. But I'm going to tell you something, friend. Ours is grace. God is good. He did it all, He paid it all. And I'm going to believe it and receive it by faith. Amen. Folks, that's humiliation. 
you must realize you're a sinner to be saved. Some people think they're not qualified to be saved because they're just doing too good. And they're religious. And they're a member of the church. And you can go to every church in Dalton, Georgia and still bust hell wide open. You can get baptized in so many baptistries that you have webbed feet and still go to hell. Say amen. You quack like a duck you've been in the water so much. Folks, water baptism does not save you. It's spiritual baptism. He baptizes you into the body of Christ. He makes you joint heirs. So we must humble ourselves. That's what James is preaching here. He's saying, listen, the reason is we're all passing away. And you can't take it with you. And the flower will wilt pretty quick. Folks, sometimes it's sudden death. I close with this. June 9th. I'm sitting here on this bus feeling a little sad. I guess because I'm going to be gone so long and I was a little uncomfortable. Then I decided to read my Bible and pray. And I opened up to 1 Peter 5 and 2 Peter 1 and pretty, pretty much everything I read applied to me. And that good a little 17-year-old girl can be riding a bus and everything she reads is applying to her. I talked about watching over, it talked about watching over the flock and entrusting you with, with uh, your little buddies in Botswana. Humbling yourself. It's talked about humbling yourself, she said in her journal entry that morning on that bus. Which I needed to do also and that also means being a little uncomfortable, I guess. Humbling yourself. Going to Africa and doing a vacation Bible school she was referring to. It talked about the devil prowling like a lion seeking whom he may devour, which he especially will be doing on this mission trip, she added. And how we need to be alert and sober-minded. And lastly, lastly, how we get to participate in his divine nature. I mean, how awesome is that? Question mark. So mostly, I was reminded of why I'm here. Why God has called me here. So I know He's going to do incredible things. That was the journal of Sarah Hammondry, June 8, 2017. That was the last journal entry before that bus from Huntsville, Alabama, Mount Zion Baptist Church, had a fatal accident. Hit the medium, flipped over. And I imagine, friend, that all the parents were very concerned about their children, because I was when I took this trip, having that 21-hour flight from D.C. after Atlanta connects to D.C. to Africa. They probably said, boy, that's so dangerous. And that's so treacherous to fly overseas that long. Friend, I'm going to tell you something. This little 17-year-old took her last breath three miles from the airport on a nice church bus. And I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to do this to be melodramatic or 
trying to, to scare you into being saved, but I'm going to tell you something, friend. You never know because your life passes away. You never know when your last breath is going to be taken. Everything can go fine and all of a sudden there's a heart attack, there's a stroke, there's a, something you never ex- anticipated on that sunny day. And folks, the only thing that really matters are you saved. And the only thing that really matters as you're looking back, because there's no catching up, even though you've got a journal and it's, 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 it's the last day of your life, have you been faithful? Because that next verse in verse 12 says, Blessed the man that endureth temptation for when he is tried. That temptation means the test of your faith. And folks, at the judgment seat of Christ, we're going to be judged for one thing, faithfulness in the midst of this world. And then it goes on to say, for when he is tried, he shall receive a crown. What are you going to do with that crown? Cast it at his feet, Revelation chapter 4. And he's worthy. But look at this. And I'll sum up the message here because it's time for y'all to eat. And me too. It says, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Amen. Faithful because you love him. Listen, my friend. He, she said in her last sentence of her, of her journal, I believe God's going to do incredible things. You know what the incredible thing is God's going to do is she's buried tomorrow in her little church up in North Alabama? Is that this morning her testimony can ring loud and clear to your heart. And you can rededicate your life with the life God's given you because you've got more than 17 years, most of you in here. And then it's going to ring into some of your hearts. It's been raising your hand, been under conviction. You've been here. Thank God you're here again, and I appreciate you so much. And you're going to get saved. And when you get saved, God's doing incredible things. Not the way this little Sarah probably imagined, Sarah. But in a way that God chose. And I don't know why. And I'm going to tell you something. If I was mom and daddy, I would hope I'd pass the test of not getting bitter. And I'd hope I'd keep the faith in being Sunday school this morning before my, my daughter's funeral, Monday. See, there's all kinds of tests. But you know what? The only way you can pass that test is be faithful because you love Him. Some the, hey, message over. Summed up, there it is. The Bible says blessed, that means happy. Folks, it means you're going to receive a crown and crash at His feet. That means you'll be there, praise God. Because you loved Him, you endured. Because you loved Him, you didn't quit. Because you loved Him, you didn't get bitter, but you got better every time there was a trial. And thank God, because you loved Him, you glorified Him with every breath that you breathe. You worshipped Him with every breath that you breathe. You said, God, it's yours. And you turned your life totally over to God every day. That is what really counts. Whether poor or rich, white or black, Tall or skinny or whatever, from Dalton or from South Africa, you must be born again. 
And you are, you're born again and you live and you were born in the first place for His glory. Let's pray. Father, thank You. Thank You, dear God, for that wonderful testimony of that young girl scared to death to go to Bible school in the middle of Africa, but willing to go. And God, I am so sorry for the family. I'm so heartbroken for that church. But God, I pray during this test they wouldn't fail it. But God, you'd use this church and use those young people on that bus in a tremendous way for the furtherance of the gospel, for eternity, and for the glory of God.